Hello, I'm Laura Furiosi, divorced mother of three, and I'm here with my mother, Lynette Galvin, with 35 years' experience in family law. You're listening to the Divorce Course Podcast. Through our candid discussions, we hope to help you through your divorce or de facto separation. We will be answering the most commonly asked questions and covering the stages and steps that you will face on your way to freedom. Hello, and welcome back to the Divorce Course Podcast. Welcome back, Mum. Hello, Laura. Hello, everyone. Thank you for coming and thank you for agreeing to do it via video. I know you don't like it, <laughs> neither do I, to be honest, but it's good to have a facial thing for people to hear. Now, we have been asking um, if people have any questions that, that we're more than happy for you to um, send them in. And we've had uh, a lovely lady um, send in a, a, a big, long description of what she's going through right now and I, I talked to mum about it and mum was like well you know what this would be great for an episode for a podcast where many other people might be in similar situations um don't you think mum to, to to talk about but in order to protect the privacy of our listener um we have changed the name of the person of course and changed some of the facts and details so that that, that she can't be identified and to protect her privacy so if you would like to send in some questions of your own feel free and we're happy to drill mum's brain and get all the information <laughs> for you to help you on your divorce journey. So I think um, to start with, uh, she actually said she listened to our podcast on Convincing the Unconvincible, which was a bit, it was one of our most popular podcast episodes yes. ever. If you ever want to listen to it, um, I could put the link in the show notes. Um, and this person we're going to call Claire is going through this process at the very moment with a high conflict X and um thinks everything's going to happen the way that this person says it's going to happen. Um, this person also, uh, her, her ex doesn't have a lawyer, apparently doesn't feel that lawyers need to be involved, and she's about to engage a lawyer, mum, and about to pay a retainer, which is, you know, what a lawyer asks for before they'll usually start working yep. um, to move things along. And she's wondering, there's a couple of questions, but let's start with, she's wondering what to expect when she does go to see the lawyer after she pays this very large retainer. I didn't know lawyers needed that much money to start. Um uh, what to well, expect the next steps will be. Is the lawyer going to contact her ex on, on her behalf? Um, will they be sending a letter? Like what, what, what happens once you pay a retainer to a lawyer? Okay. So in my experience, it's certainly in Queensland, most lawyers will see you for a low fee to start with before you put the retainer in. So I'm wondering if Claire's already spoken generally to somebody. Um, a retainer, as you say, Laura, it is something people put in. It is a large, to me it seems like a large retainer um, because I've always kept my retainers around about the 2000 uh, but this retainer is $5,000 um, and, and lots, and people have all different amounts. Yeah. Okay, so Claire, uh, you're going to see your lawyer. I'm assuming that the first thing your lawyer will do will take a full statement. Um, it's amazing how many times I've heard uh, usually my Ladies usually say that their husband doesn't need a lawyer, doesn't believe in lawyers, um, but you'll find they've probably gone to see a lawyer already and, and they'll be saying to you, oh, you don't need a lawyer. So, you know, but th that's a particularly kind of narcissistic trait um, and I always say to my ladies, <laughs> when the husbands do that, I go, well, did he take out his own appendix? <laughs> <laughs> when he was sick. <laughs> well, that's a good point. Yeah, that's so a good point. And, and. 
Yeah, well, look, you can do your own divorce as our divorce course that we're launching very soon. You can do it yourself, but um, usually if your ex is telling you that you don't need to get a lawyer, and then but if you've got alarm one. bells ringing, yeah. go and see a lawyer. I think you should probably go and see a lawyer. Yep. Yeah. Even, yeah, even in our course, we recommend seeing a lawyer twice yes. to check over the documents that you've prepared. Still saves you thousands of dollars in preparation work, but at least you've got that lawyer's tick of approval at the end. So, Mum, what is the lady expecting when she goes in to see this lawyer? So okay. telling life story. Yep. Claire, so, Claire, um, if you listen to some of our earlier podcasts, we've talked about ways of sort of um, getting the most value out of your lawyer. Um, everyone's proficient these days on a computer if you did up a timeline of your relationship the dates of birth marriage and everything that'll cut some time out um, the lawyer will talk to you um, and usually will take a statement about what's gone on and and that's part of it um, but if you're paying by the hour the more you can do at home before you get there and then the lawyer can just quickly scan it the better um, so there will be a discussion they'll talk about um, I know that I ask about the type of person that their ex-partner is, um, so we can work out a way to approach it. Um, then they'll work out a, what we call a case plan together with you. So you don't don't lose control of your case. The client, the lawyer will say, look, you know, there's a couple of options and explain them to you and you choose one. So you don't go racing off to court um, in a property settlement, for instance. You would write a letter um, and it might be a really harsh letter or it might be a slightly milder letter. Um, the aim of everything is to settle this without going to court. So you'd write um, a letter designed to um, appeal to the person that you're writing to um, if, you, if, you, if you think you can get around them. If there's someone who's completely um, stubborn and arrogant, as this person sounds he may be, uh, then maybe you need to send a pretty firm letter um, that says, you know, uh, we're acting for Claire and um, this is the fact and this is a fact and this is a fact and this is a fact and give us your documents um, and try to sort of, mm. you know, present a very strong face for your client in the face of that sort of behaviour. Mm. Well, she, she did say that she has been procrastinating for a fair bit and also trying to save up enough money, I guess, to get oh. that uh, $5,000 to start the proposal. Um, and so, you know, she is scared that it's going to go to court and she's hoping it's not. So oh. uh, are there any recommendations you can give to Claire or any yeah. of our listeners who, who are engaging a lawyer? How do you, How is the best way to stay out of court? Okay. Um well, I've got three points to make about that, okay? Uh, the first point is don't get bogged down in asking for every bank statement um, tax return for the last, like, 10 years or whatever. Don't let your lawyer drag you down that route. Um, when they ask for a document from the other side, just challenge the lawyer and say, how will that help my case? How does that fit in, remember, our framework? Um, and so because sometimes that can your five thousand can be gone like that. Sorry, Claire. Uh, so the other thing to do is to set a limit in finance terms as to how much you're going to negotiate. So for my part, my part, if the client spent almost a thousand dollars on letters, and that can happen back and forth, you know, an hour interview, then a letter to the other side, then the letter comes back, you read it. If there's absolutely no progress there 
then save the rest of your money and actually go to a court because it costs you the same per hour uh, for a lawyer to argue in court if you use your solicitor as it does for them to write back a, another letter that's just going on to a, onto a sort of a dead zone and not making any progress. So I quickly assess, and Claire, you'll need to quickly assess with your lawyer, is negotiation going to work? Is it going to work on its own and we don't have to go to court? That would be great. Um, and you can do consent orders for about three or 4000 and you're done. If, it's, if negotiation might work but he needs to be forced, then I suggest starting court proceedings. Have your court proceedings chonking along. That makes him spend money getting documents in. Even if he doesn't have a lawyer, he will have to pay to file um, and negotiate underneath. So going to court. Um, Claire, so you have that too. It, yeah, yeah. It's up. So your court case is like on a conveyor belt, and underneath here you're going like crazy mm. trying to settle. Uh, but the third thing, Claire, is that if you have enough money to get yourself into the drawer of the court, and there's money around um, in the relationship, perhaps that he's got control of, tell your lawyer that your first application, or check with your lawyer if your first application can be that he pay you some money out of the joint funds so that you can afford your lawyer going on, okay? It's not free money. It's going to come out of your property settlement anyway, but it, it at least yeah. levels up that playing field. And I think it's important to note there when you were talking about the negotiation back and forwards mm. where you can end up wasting your money, there has been a history or a tactic uh, I, I've been told of where uh, a high-conflict person or a narcissistic person or a manipulative controlling person deliberately writes lots of letters mm. so that they do drain your bank yeah. um, balance with the with the lawyers so that you can't afford to go further. So be really mindful that every single letter your lawyer sends, every single email, uh, every oh. bit of conversation is costing money. So mum's right. If you've got a, a limited amount of funds, get both the conveyor belt court conveyor belt going, which we've done a podcast yes. episode on, and the negotiations at the same time. And to point out as well, we do have um, on our divorce course, which is launching soon, a whole list of lovely negotiation template letters written by mum <laughs> based on your divorce course personality. So if you uh, can't afford to and you want to give um, the divorce course a try, which is launching soon, you have that toolkit of negotiation template letters to try yourself. Um, but, yes, uh, moving forward, oh, mum, with, with, with that, was there one more thing you wanted to I'm say sorry, before we went yes. to her next question? Sorry. Um, a, an important yeah. thing to do is to check to see if your lawyer, and maybe if he was they don't you should find one who does with that back and forwards writing letters and using up money um, when those letters aren't very productive you could ask your lawyer if you could if they could step out of the case and you handle all mm. those silly letters and then you have them in the background we call that step in step out uh, and it is a very mm -hmm. successful way of stopping your partner burning up your money yep sorry just one mm. point yeah yeah, no, and that's true. And that's, you know, some people may have a, an ex-partner with a mental illness and they might just be very unwell. And yeah. when everyone's stuck in COVID and lockdowns, 
they might not have anything better to do but write letters. So you really have to be conscious of your your trust account balance. Is that what it's called, yes, Mum? Yes. When people give a retainer to a That's lawyer, right. it goes into a thing called the trust account. Yes. And the lawyer will only touch that money um, each time they bill you, the money will be drawn out. So um, it's not like they take your money and run, is no, it? No. You can leave and ask for the rest of it back. Yes. yes. Or you can, or you, <laughs> so that's good to know. As long as you don't, don't yeah. run out, yes. And and good law firms yes. will bill yeah. quite regularly. So and and if you're not if your mm. law firm only bills every few months, ask them to bill you more frequently so you can keep an eye on it. Otherwise, it'll come up and hit you like an electricity mm. bill. Or worse. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Now, um, long-time listeners, um, if they've listened to episode one, two, three, and four, they'll know um, a little bit about the basic understanding of this next question. But um, the, she has mentioned that uh, uh, in the property pool, when they're, when the, she should be negotiating about property, uh, that there's an inheritance of half a million dollars, $500,000. Um and she says that he says that she's not entitled to any of it. Um, so just on that question, before we move on to the next one, if someone has an inheritance or I don't know, whatever, are they entitled to yep. some of that? It's, it's all in, yes. that inheritance. Um, how yep. much she might be entitled to of that, we're saying half a million, that's not the real figure, Um how much she's entitled to depends on a number of things, like how late in the relationship he inherited, what they did with the money. Um, so it's quite a, a, a grey area, but one thing that's not grey is that it is in the property pool, okay? It goes in there. So in other words, when when you get separated or when you're deciding on who gets what, everything's put in. Yes. Nothing's nothing's not included. That's right. That includes everyone's super, everyone's bank accounts, everyone's everything, even if it's your best, best, best grandma who passed away and gave you lots and lots of yep. money, it still goes into the property pool. That's right. And, again, to spruik the divorce course, we talk you through in the property module exactly how to work those stages out. Yeah. We talk you through the contributions, the laws, um, all of that, and we help you map it out so that you can then see for yourself perhaps, you know, what it is that you're entitled to. But, of course, always go and check with the lawyer as yeah. well. So, so, yes, she is then in the answer to that question, she is entitled to some of it. Yep. You're not sure how and much because you don't know any of the details. But right. And it depends. The next question is, he sold two of their cars um, oh. and not given her any of the money. So oh. is she entitled to that as well? Yes, yes. And uh, that would be, any, sorry, they call that uh, something that would be added back. So if he sold it and banked the money or gone on an overseas trip or something in COVID, not likely. But if he's, if he's sold them and hidden the money, um, all she needs to find is a photo of those two vehicles, um, work out what the Red Book value mm-hmm. should have been, and um, that will be added mm-hmm. back in as a kind of an imaginary amount when they calculate the property pool. And then they'll say, so say, say each of those th- things was 30000 right? And they should be sold for mm-hmm. 30000 each and he's kept that money. Uh, well, when they add up the property pool, they'll add that 60000 back in. And then when they divide up percentages, whether it's 50-50 or 60-40, and they'll go, oh, but you've already had 60,000. So it, it, it's, it's his, yeah. And that's even if he sold it to a mate 
for, for less money than it's worth, um, the court looks at what it was worth. Okay, so that's really good to know. So when people are getting separated, just because you haven't gone through the court system doesn't mean that your ex can sell everything and get away with it. It's all got to be included in the property pool and divided as per the court rules, you know, 50-50 or whatever. Yeah. So to don't stress, but it is important, isn't it, Mum, to make sure that you've got records of that. You can't just say he did it but you've got no proof. Is that right? Well, I, I get by pretty well with just photos of here's the car we had when okay. we separated. Um, you can do a search. And Where, is it, Where <laughs> is it now? And here's a red book thing of what it should have been worth. The only time I, I get really anxious about something like that is if that were to be the entire property pool. If all you had in all the world was two cars and he sold them, then we're mm. not going to be shrugging our shoulders. We'll be, we'll be fighting pretty hard mm. to get that back. But, yeah, yeah, it's um, Mm. everyone Mm. just think the family court over the years, everything's been tried (laughs) and Claire's husband is not doing anything new and there's processes and procedures and case law that will um, fix his little red wagon. Yeah. That's good news. Mm -hmm. I did hear a story of someone once who, who sold stuff before the separation even occurred because they knew it was coming and and that all got caught up that all came out in the end so i just the court is the court knows what they're doing and there are as many sneaky (laughs) tricks in the book as there are court people that know how to deal with them so i guess that's something that can make um Claire feel a little bit better about that. Um, she also mentions that she is fed up with the diversion of matters. I'm guessing maybe that means, you know, that the main crux of getting separated is not being looked at and it's all these other dramas oh, um, and she just want, and she just wants it over. She just wants it over. So have you got any recommendations for her um, on how to deal with that? Right have your lawyer's first letter be a very firm letter with a very firm deadline and then just go straight to court, okay? That'll focus his attention. The court lists at the moment are a year, two years long, probably more close to two years. Mm. Uh, On the 1st of September, Mm. um, the courts are going to merge and I know that the Chief Justice has plans to speed up cases, Uh, but the sooner you get on our conveyor belt to the court, the better. It's not going to stop you negotiating underneath. Mm. But uh, I think you need to let this person Mm. know you're serious because he's not suffering at all, you know. So, Mm. so, Mm. yeah. And I think, so thank you, Claire, for writing in, Mm. um, even though it's not your name, (laughs) but you'll know it was you. Um, And I hope that's helped you a little bit. Um, We've, we've, mum and I have been doing this podcast for over a year now yeah. um, and thankfully to all our amazing listeners we are always in the top how-to charts um, in Australia and other countries but please note this is Australian law only yeah. um, but we are also have been developing as I've mentioned many times before our divorce course online which is our DIY blueprint to divorce and mum and I have recorded and worked and created the toolkit you need to do this yourself. Instead of spending $5,000 with the lawyer, if your case isn't too complicated and you think that you can do this together or on your own, we've given you the tools you need. We talk you through, don't we, Mum, step 
by step of every stage down to how to file the, the, the documents in court. Now, this, this, this divorce course is for people who are ready to just get it done. Isn't that right, That's Mum? That's right. It's, it's, still go to see your lawyer. So if it were Claire, for example, yes. go and see your lawyer, find out what your entitlement is, and then you write your letters. And that way you really keep control of the costs. If something comes up that you yeah. want to deal with, um, and you're not sure, then go back and see your lawyer. So you might be able to get a step in, step out yes. lawyer for that. Hmm. So that's why we do a property module where we talk you through how to create your own property orders yep. um, and then you go and see. We talk you through how to go and see a lawyer at the end and how to do it cheaply. Yes. We talk you through how to decide and figure out what your property pool is. We talk yep. you through how to find out that information, how to gather all that together, yep. and it can save you thousands. And Mum and I will always do this podcast for free yep. because um, we see a value in helping all the women and men in the world in Australia that, that just haven't got that access, mm. but the and the and the divorce course has been created as that extra step. So if you find, you know, you don't want to spend all that money on lawyers, and you don't, you do want to avoid the court system. Mum and I have created a way that hopefully yeah. can do that for you, step by step, with us in video form, <laughs> and also Mum's amazing checklist, worksheets, templates, oh. you name it. It's it's comprehensive, and I wish I'd had it. <laughs> when I had gotten divorced and mum I'm pretty sure you wished you'd had it when you'd gotten divorced the first time Absolutely. as well and I wish but, I'd had it when you got divorced so I could just go here listen to that <laughs> yeah because what we've noticed is with with the podcast in particular we get the same questions um, yeah. over and over and over again and and that's why mum wanted to help Mum's, mum wanted to write a book, so we've decided, Mum, don't do a book. People don't read anymore. Let's do a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just a way of, of leaving some sort of legacy. Um, you know, I'll retire in five years yes. or so, yeah. and and hopefully it helps. Yes. So we're actually, so we have created a registration page where you can subscribe to our free webinar where you can come and listen to Mum and uh, explain uh, the five main mistakes women make in divorce. Mm. Um, if you would be interested in coming along to that free webinar, Mum's going to talk to you about the, what the mistakes are and how to avoid them, and that is a free offer for anybody who listens to our podcast, but also to anybody else that you might know that might be needing some bit of guidance. And mum over here, the most amazing family credited specialist, family lawyer, um, and a top one at that, and also one that actually cares and has mm. heart. So, look, I would love for you to join us for our first webinar. Mum's a bit nervous. I'm a bit nervous. I but, am. look, I think um, it'll be great. <laughs> And mum, do you have any last words? <laughs> I, might, I might get headphones that look less like uh, kind of a, <laughs> a halo or a dialect is trying a to halo. <laughs> I'm going to get some like yours. <laughs> we'll try and do it together. But if 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 it's possible, um, is there any other words of um, wisdom that you could share to Claire, our our, our pseudonym yeah. Claire, or anybody in a situation where they're about to see their lawyer? They've saved up a massive sum of money, and um, they're dealing with what sounds like a bit of a nasty person. Mm. Any last words of advice for her? Uh, just keep control of the process, Claire. I know that it's been hard and it's taken you to now to face it um, and you'll need some support, but use your family and your therapist for emotional support. 
use the lawyer for the things that only a lawyer can do and do the rest yourself if you want to keep your costs down. Because if you've had to save up this long to get $5,000, then uh, you can't keep putting a halt on things to save up more money. So keep control mm. of the process. Don't negotiate too long. Whack it into court and ask for some money from your partner who sold those vehicles to help you with your legal fees. I guess that's what and I'm if saying. I can. And if I can say one thing, I would say that um, sometimes we are afraid of things we don't understand and we're afraid of things we've never experienced before. So you may feel afraid to start this process and you may be afraid of court, but um, as lawyers figure out eventually over time, it's not that scary. It's just because it's the unknown. Mm. And as long as, even though it is a life changing thing and it can make, be a bit make or break or, or, you know, it changes what, how you move forward with your life. Um, if you can educate yourself, um, on the law and learn as much as you can and be as prepared as you can, um, that fear will, will fall away and it'll just, It'll just be difficult and uncomfortable, but you can get through it, don't you think, Mum? I do, and it's not as bad as the breakup. You've already survived the breakup. So do your research, use your computer computer skills, have confidence in yourself, guided by a lawyer when you need to be, but you've got this. You'll sort it through. And the Mm. only... Do you know, for those women who've had babies, it's it's like labour. There's a certain number of things you have to go through until you get to the end, okay? So you just got to go I've through heard, it. <laughs> I've heard that same analogy um, <laughs> by uh, someone who said it's like going to the dentist and getting a root canal. You just have to go through it. Yep. Um, but, you know, once you've done it, it's done. It's done. Yeah. That's so done. don't let it. And so probably the worst thing is letting it drag on, really. The, the, the sooner you can get it sorted, the better. Because sometimes, mum, cases, have you come up across cases that people have left it for five, ten years, and then it's just messy, messy, it's really messy? really hard. Yeah, separations of six or seven years. But the thing is that in that, for that whole six or seven years, both parties are on tenterhooks wondering if they're allowed to do this or what if we do this with the house, what if I do this? Um, and I, I say to mm. them, you know, that it's like they're taking a Band-Aid off one hair at a time. <laughs> so it's just better <laughs> to get in and do it. Rip it. Oh, God, I remember you used to make me, I wore a Band-Aid once for three weeks and oh. then you just came up to me in the middle of the night and ripped it off. So, yes, I'm so a, yeah, mum knows, mother. listen to mum. <laughs> I'm a good mum. Okay, so if any, if <laughs> you're a lovely mum, if anybody has any other questions that they would like us to um, cover, please send them through. You, you can go onto our website, thedivorcecourse.com.au, or you can jump on our social media, The Divorce Course, um, on Instagram, or you can email us as well. But the the important thing that I'd like to point out is we are doing that wonderful free chat with mum to one lucky person a month who reviews our podcast because the more people that we get to review our podcast with actual words, the um, the more people we reach because Apple and Spotify see that as an important thing. So we will be choosing one lucky person every month to, to talk to mum. We're not going to say your name out loud. And, of course, you can use a pseudonym when you do our review on Apple. Of course, I'm not saying we're only going to choose people who give us five stars, but I would like, <laughs> we would like some <laughs> testimonials and reviews. <laughs> yes. 
if that would be um, something that you would like to do to give back to us because we do do this for free um, and that would mum's time is very valuable and her clients do pay her a lot of money but we're doing this for free because we want to help as many people as we can and again mum I thank you wholeheartedly um, for helping all the people that listen and thank you everyone for listening today thank you Laura goodbye everyone thanks mum Bye, everyone. If you found this podcast helpful, we'd love it if you could rate, review, and subscribe. By doing so, you are spreading the word to help someone else just like you. Lynn would like to remind you that this podcast is general advice only, and you should always get legal advice in relation to your particular situation. And remember that the Australian laws may have changed since recording.